0: Hi guys, and welcome back to the Female Fitness Podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by Jasmine Jeffrey, who is the owner of Compaq and one of my good friends, and she is also a competitor herself. So, Jazz, the last time we had you on the podcast was January 2019, so it's been a long time. I looked back and I was like, wow, (laughs) that was a long time ago. But no, most yeah, most people listening know who you are and you have introduced yourself previously. But I want a little bit of an update. So, since January 2019, what has life been like on the competing side of things for you and where are you at now?
1: I'm still processing the fact that. It- the last time I came on was 2019 January. I feel like so much has actually happened, like yeah, ridiculous amount. Where am I starting? Okay, so January 2019 for me, um, just coming out of the last prep that I did, and I have put this on my story. Oh, sorry, my Instagram about how I really, really struggled coming out of my last um, competition season to the point where I had to kind of do a whole all-in journey before Stephanie Burtmore did, just saying. Um, But, yeah, I had to kind of really take a step back and forget aesthetics um, purely just to get myself in a good spot with my, like, general health, really. Um, My signaling for, like, is it hunger, leptin, ghrelin, all that stuff, it was all absolutely waxed. Um, and that was actually, honestly, where a lot of my um, my depression was really coming out. Again, actually, 2019 for me was a really, really tricky one. Um, from like a help mental health point of view, I was grieving for my granddad as well. So it's really weird just for even to think about like what 2019 was for me, because on the outside it was really exciting because you know, compact was. I felt like compact was slowly getting out there a bit more. So people were starting to know about it. Um, the business was growing, but behind the scenes, it was very, very tricky for me to try and navigate my own like i guess the way I felt within myself um you know where my I guess my body composition was, like it wasn't I had to literally forget, even though I was so embedded in the competing industry, which is all about aesthetics, I had to forget about my aesthetics which was really, really hard. Um, and I felt very, very uncomfortable, to really honestly you now. Like, I'll say it openly now. Um, but looking back, best thing for me, because for me, it was getting myself in a really, really good spot, like mentally, because I knew if I would try and diet again, it wouldn't have worked in 2019.
0: No chance would it have worked. Jazz, just so that the listeners know, um, what is, like, I know you mentioned Stephanie Buttermore. so what did, like, that, that process, that all-in process consist of, and why did you feel the need to do that? I know you mentioned your hunger hormones. Was that a result of mm. the prep itself, that you were in a bit of a bad place in regards to health and things like that? Mm. So, there's
1: quite a few reasons why... Like, I kind of decided to do it. Um, I felt at the end, so the end of 2018 was when I was coming out of the prep. Um, that prep was, it was all right, actually. Like, I wouldn't say it was a bad prep until maybe, like, September, where a lot of stuff personally was going on with me. And stress, we all know, can affect people in different ways. But I did not expect the stress that I had, Um and it did affect me. Like, it really, it shows with how sensitive you can be during prep. Like, these things with stress can really, really play havoc with you and play havoc with your mind as well. Um, like, I won't go into massive detail, but I got told within, like, two weeks I had to move out, literally move out. Had to, like, I did my peak week moving into my new house, sleeping on, on the floor, literally on the floor. And I can still remember literally falling down the stairs and crying because I was just like... Obviously my bum had like not much fat and I was just in so much pain. I was like, Oh my god! Like i am just moved into this house, I can't get the stairs, blah blah. Um, and then Joe was quite poorly, so I spent quite a lot of my peak weeks in A, and e which was great fun. Um, and then I had my wedding, which kind of didn't really go to plan. Um, had some family stuff going on, so there was just a lot going on basically. Um and trying to spin all the plates as you were and then trying to reverse out it just wasn't working like I felt like me trying to stick to the conventional what I did last time which was a steady reverse cracked on amazing great this time it was not working and I actually felt like trying to stick to a reverse and a meal plan and all this stuff was actually be more of a detriment to my relationship with food, um, my food focus. It was actually doing the opposite thing, and I really started to notice that. And I've never been someone that was like in you know, did any sort of binge eating, but I felt myself going into binges, and I was like, what is this? I was like, This is not me. And that's when I kind of thought, well, what I've got two choices here. I can either keep trying to do this meal plan keep trying to do reverse when it's just not the right time for me i'm running around like a headless chicken anyway my stress is high and it's just wasn't basically just weren't working so i could try and do that which is going to make my food focus and my binge eating like start and get progressively worse in the attempt to try and stay lean um or i can just go right back to square one and just sort my health out and like mentally sort my food focus out and then obviously with my hunger um and all like that sort of area like my period was lost as well actually um and within like the first month of doing the all in my my period came back boom yeah so that was
0: quite a few um were you sort of like did you just ditch a meal plan? You weren't tracking. You didn't have any food rules. You ate when you were hungry. And what did training look like during that period of time as well?
1: Um, I think I'm pretty certain Joe did like a little training thing for me, or I think it was a very loose training framework. I kind of went in and did what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, I think I tracked like a couple of days to see like how what I was actually eating and. It's, it sounds crazy to even say this, but I'll be honest. Like I was eating probably four to five thousand calories a day,
0: mm-hmm. plus
1: with like what, like maybe having like a meal at the end. Like it was really, really crazy when I think about it. Here, but like I had to literally just listen to my hunger signals, and I, I tried tracking the first day. And I thought I can't track. If I'm going to do this, I literally have to come off come off fitness plow completely. um So yeah, I gained a considerable amount of weight. And I think a lot of people, when they laughed, the next saw me, they're like, yeah, they would have given me the whole, oh, my gosh, she's put on weight. But I was I was in no position to say to everyone, hi, I'm in a really bad place. Blah, blah, blah. So I literally just cracked on and thought, well, I just need to switch off. Like, I will tell people why I'm doing this later. Right now, I just need to focus on me and get myself in a good spot. And obviously, I gained quite a lot of weight originally. But then, similar to what happened with Stephanie Butmore, when like your body knows like it's not in starvation mode your hunger comes down like massively so i went from eating four to five thousand calories a day and then naturally just dropped to three and then dropped to two and a half and then was between like two and two and a half and then my weight came up i think i naturally just dropped i think about between 10 to 14 pounds without even doing anything really after my body settled or my hunger hormone settled obviously I was eating less and then that meant that I wasn't doing anything great but you know I wasn't eating or like yeah you know, all that sort of stuff
0: yeah. So how long did it take you to regain your cycle during that process out of interest one month one month that's mad yeah. and has it been consistent ever since yeah that's amazing there is
1: like I still get periods where periods. Huh, didn't, sorry, didn't you mean to use that word? Like, I still get moments where it can be quite long. Like, sometimes I think sometimes I'm maybe waiting like forty days, 35, 40 days. But it's not like that. You know, it is. I would say it is pretty consistent um, ever since. And like, my body weight did drop quite a lot. And then, even with that, everyone kept asking me, "Oh, when are you next competing? When are you next competing?" And I thought, no. Nope. No, I just knew. I literally knew mentally I weren't ready. I just thought I've got other stuff going on right now and I just it's not it just doesn't make logical sense for me to try and diet for a show, even diet at all, when I still don't feel like a hundred percent ready. So 2019 was basically just kind of in a weird way like reconnecting with myself and thinking who is Jasmine like away from this sport because I think what I've had to learn. To do is really be clear on where I fit in and when I kind of don't fit in. And who is Jasmine when she isn't doing her own competing stuff? Who is Jasmine when she is doing competing stuff but not doing her own competing stuff because she's doing her business or she's helping everyone else? And I think it was once I even was clear on who I was away from the industry, it really allowed me to kind of go back in if that makes sense, and really consider myself going back into the sport, um, which took a lot of time. And I think obviously it took a lot more time because I was always in it, like every single weekend going to shows and all that sort of stuff. Um, So yeah, it took a while, but then it came to 2020 um, and I just felt like, right, let's just, now I feel like mental health's in a really good place again. Um, Like health-wise, everything feels good let's go and sort, Yeah, you know, let's actually focus on the physical aspect. And I'll be really honest. The, I, initially, I was really nervous. Joe, I've not dieted since prep last time. That was a really scary thing, thing, thing for me to do. I was like, can I even diet again? <laughs> Am I going to be able to even do it? Um, and then I set, started up with Cal from the muscle mentors. And yeah, through the first lockdown, um got myself into a really, really good good place and a good spot. And even though lockdown, don't get wrong, wasn't good for my business, um, with also all the shows being cancelled, it was such a good opportunity for me to work on myself and get myself into a good
0: spot. Like, and that really, was really when that was what led to the photo shoot which we did together as well, which was an amazing experience. And yeah, that that day was so good, so much fun. And did you feel like that period of time which you spent working towards your mental and physical health, you know, letting body composition take a little bit of a back seat? Did you feel like that positively contributed to the success of your fat loss phase in 2020? Yeah,
1: if I would have tried to do it 2019, I don't think it would have worked because I wasn't I wasn't clear on what where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do. Does that make sense? Um, 2020 as well I started up with Cow, and we did you know, we did mention about doing shows but I kind of said to him, do you know what I'm not, I said I'll, I I want to get myself in a good spot first because that's what matters long term for me is where do I want to sit generally lifestyle Jasmine because we all got to think as much as we can see the present moment everyone if, if who would listen to this is I'm a competitor there is a life after it whether you're in it in the sport or not, like I know whether I compete or not, like they I'm always in the sport, but there is still a life after I step away from the stage myself. And I really, I really took it from a longevity perspective. I thought, yeah, competing goals, they're there, but that's not important right now for me and my long term, what I want to do. My long my term priority is let's go for a dieting phase again and see how I'll get on. Um, and let's get to a place where I'm not stage lean, but I'm kind of like, what's happy every day, Jasmine, like with this new progress that I've made. Yeah. And once yeah. I did that, like we got to that shoe, which was the best day. I've told you, i said to you that before, like it was such good memories for both of us on that day. And I remember we chatted actually. And I just thought, mm, the shows. But again, I just thought, no, it's for some reason, I thought, no, I need to stop here. I need to stop here and then reverse out with this. And it is, yeah, it is a long game. I, the way I've done it, it has been long. It's free. Technically, it comes to three years, but I want to be competing for longer, but I also want to be doing everything else that I'm doing for longer. And it's having that long-term perspective um, has really, really helped me to get to where I am now where I'm in my yeah. off season, I'm in a happy place, um, and now I can actually start looking towards my own competing goals again. But yeah. I've taken yeah. it at my own pace. I've not tried to jump into the next competing season because everyone else around me is doing it. And I know how hard it is when you want to get into it and everyone's asking you and you feel like you need to you need to be keeping up with everyone else. But you've got to think as well. The longer that you're like if your if your journey back to the stage takes a bit longer Cool. It means that you're 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 still training. You're still eating. Like you're. At, it's only going to be beneficial because you, not only mentally will you be in a good spot, you're spending a lot longer time in a surplus and gaining more muscle. So I'm excited to see where a whole three years out. I'm not saying those three years have been perfect for me. Definitely not. But I'm still interested to see where that pro. You know what three years progress can do both mentally and physically yeah, if that makes yeah, sense.
0: Definitely. And now you are in a really good spot. I know that you're planning on stepping on stage again in 2021. So last time we had you on the podcast we spoke about how you competed and you did a season where you tried lots of different federations. So what federations are you planning on competing with this season and what are your goals as an athlete yourself Jazz?
1: So this is like the million dollar question, I feel like. Because I'm just like, ah, I keep keeping it on the download, but I I still like both worlds. I still like the bodybuilding world, but I still like doing my hair flick and setting it out. Um, so what's changed, I think, for me with my decision making? I would love to do another experimentation season just because I like it. Um, however, I have to be kind of I do feel like I have to be a bit more cautious with my decision making. For example, I would love if I wasn't involved with FitX. I'd be doing FitX because that that federation, honestly, the plans that he's got, everything he's doing for competitor, I'm jealous as fuck. I'm not even gonna lie to you. But I know if I'm going to be judging, if I'm associated professionally, it's not the right thing to do. So if I wasn't doing, if I was, if I didn't have a business, FitX, I'd so do FitX. Um, I'd so do Next Fitness Model. You know, you get to have the opportunity to go to freaking America and compete. And I've seen the way their shows run, how much they give back to athletes the whole day. I would love to do Next Fitness Model UK, but again, I'm involved in it, so professionally, I just think no. Like, let's just literally separate the two. Um, So that kind of leaves me with not as many choices. But I am looking. I haven't even mentioned like this at all. But I am looking at two rows. Um, Another reason why. I did them I did the amateur Olympian 2018 with them just like considering <laughs> within a week I learned how to do the two boys posing and I did like I think I placed top three in open and then top four in novice because that was a bit of a bigger class um I like the fact that I was being judged against people somewhat my height yeah um yeah. I think that is advantageous for someone that's five foot eleven without heels um you know comparing me to someone your height down we've been the same tall class and it's like well, how can you even do that do you know what I mean yeah so yeah I'm looking at two bros um I would like to do some sort of whether it's a glifting girls whether it's a mamu pro whether it's a wbff I'm not too sure it's really hard to obviously everything going on but I would like to do both um yeah. just because I love them both and I like with the fitness slash fashion fitness slash fashion federations that you don't need to be coming in as lean because I personally actually prefer that look on me if I had to choose I look better fuller. I look better not shredded because when I get lean with how tall I am it's just you know I have to be very, very careful, let's put it that way. Um or I just look very very stringy on stage and that's not really the sort of look so
0: yeah yeah that's kind
1: of the plan um in terms of show dates god knows at this point um i did really want to do if no restrictions were happening i really wanted to do like a may june um sort of season but it, i personally think we'd be lucky if we get shows in may
0: yeah
1: and yeah. i do really fancy starting prep right now so i think we're probably looking anything from
0: July onwards
1: for me. And do you
0: have any goals in terms of specific placings or anything like that going into these shows? So, part of me does, and part of me doesn't,
1: and I'll explain a little bit why. Part of me doesn't purely because with my experience with tanning backstage and how many shows I've watched and seen and been, you know, backstage and whatever. You really do start to learn um, that things can change so quickly. That one lineup can be the making of you. The one time they put that one different person in that lineup and the other girl changes their bikini to pink and does something else completely different with their peak week, it can completely change and that's completely out of your control, realistically. Um, so, even though, of course, we all want to play, so we all want to win, I think the experience I've got now has kind of helped me have a good balance between, yes, wanting to do well, but, yes, understanding that this is the sport, this is the game at the end of the day, because it is a game. Um, and as long as I can walk away knowing that I've brought my best and I've had the best day, because you can have an awful show day experience and win. And you can have the best show day experience and lose depending on your perspective depends on whether you've lost or won on either of those days so for me the way I why I don't have goals in that sense is because I know that it's it's out of my control and if you've done a prep like you've got to see you've got to know that you've won before you to on stage and that sounds cheesy as hell but whenever I step on stage I always think about The times where I was petrified at school of being in front of people. I remember the times that I was bullied for the way that I looked and how self-conscious I felt. They they are very very vivid memories I have in my brain on show day because I remember those moments and then I look at myself and go holy shit! It's like that's not a bad transformation and that's kind of that keeps me quite humble in that sort of respect.
0: I think, yeah, size. think about like winning in terms of the things you've been able to learn throughout the process, what you've gotten out of the process itself, um, as opposed to just the end product in terms of your placing. And, like you said, you've got to remember that that's influenced by so many different factors. So, yes, set your goals high and aim to win and aim to get your pro card, etc., but also be humble enough to accept. The losses and take the things that you've learned from those experiences as well.
1: Yeah, and you've got to think about these pros. Do you think the pros win all the time? Yeah, they might have won in their amateur rankings a lot, but I can tell you now, in the pro rankings, they're probably not winning as many as they would. If you know, so it's not that you've got to learn to not to have to not get the place in. I really, really do think that. Um, because if you don't get what you want in the amateur rankings, you just got to think, okay, cool. This is just this is just training. Because when you get into those pro ranks, you're gonna most likely. I don't want to be a negative Nancy because I'm all about you know dream high, aim big. But most likely, you're gonna be back down at the bottom, mate. Yeah,
0: but you
1: were right back. You were right back at the bottom in the amateur, and you 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 grew up into that into that league, and you've got to think of that same thing. When you get into the pro ranking, you're kind of having to do resets. And a lot of pros that I speak to go, you think the amateurs hard? Look until you go into the pros. The pro, the pro journey is actually sometimes the hardest. Because then you're really having to go into nitty gritty. You're really going to have to, like, it's it's so much harder. Um, so, yeah, I feel like I've full on rambled now. But it's so, so true. Um, but When it comes to, like, for me, I always think if you get first call out, In a show, you're doing something right. That's the way I see it these days. If I get a first call out, I'm happy. Because I'm like, cool, I've stood out, that's a good sign. After that, God knows. I might not lose I might win because they like my hair, or I might lose because they don't like black, or they don't like blue. You know, it's kind of it's really, really hard to to sometimes play it and guess it. So yes, I played top three in um Olympia last time, but I might play dead last. Who knows? But You've just got to go, like, you can't think, oh, I'm not going to go for this federation because I'm not good enough. I'm not going to go for that federation because of this. Like, you've just got to go, yeah, cool, make a decision and just don't think too much into it. Because that's one reason why I didn't go for two bros originally, because I thought I weren't good enough. But after me going, screw it, whatever, I'm going to go for it, let's see what happens. And being a bit more not i was still taking it seriously but i kind of thought this is a game and i've just got to have a bit more fun with it once i did that things started to happen for me yeah um so yeah i don't get me wrong i would love to see where i can push things i guess from a mindset perspective um i have started working with rob latty to kind of help me with that because i have got my own mental barriers with competing and what i think is possible i think everyone has it um but I really want to see where I can take myself mentally and physically this year and see how far I can push the potential. Because I'm not like, do I have the pro structure? I don't know. Could I have pro a chance to turn pro? I don't know. Because I've never even given myself the opportunity to see that within myself. I think a lot of people, mm. if they go, what if? Like, what if I could actually get first place? What if I could go pro? Like, if you open your brain, That possibility, then how much more further can you go? And that's kind of the journey that I'm trying to do this year. Is like, what if I actually work towards it? Like, what if I actually believe I can do it? Like, will that change things? Um, and I think a lot of us as competitors need to like, I think a lot of us have some great coaches, we have great training um protocols, we have great nutrition protocols, but it's the mind i've really learned it if my head is not in the right, in the right headspace it's not happening it's really not happening um and sometimes when you fall off plan you think oh it's, it's the coach or or oh, it's like i'm not good enough i've really learned when I, i'm not when i'm not feeling my best or i'm not feeling like i'm good enough that's when my adherence myself i start to like slack on certain things like I won't take the supplements that night or I don't know I might not weigh that veg or do you know what I mean I think it's being really really self-aware of when I've fallen off plan has it been because maybe the nutrition needs to be tweaked or is it because I actually don't think I can even reach the goal I'm working towards so your mind's going oh what's the point like that's really what I've been trying to get a bit more self-aware of in myself um yeah I think it's probably yeah. that can hopefully take away from and kind of reflect from themselves with this podcast it's like have yes you might have the great nutrition and training stuff like nailed but is your mind what are you doing with your mind like every single week to make sure that it's all aligned if you can align it all you're going to progress a lot faster. Um, yeah. I feel like I'm again. Okay.
0: So no, I agree with that massively, Jazz, and I think it's very insightful what you've spoken about. And as well as that being relevant for you as an athlete, as an, as a competitor, I think your mindset is just as important from a business perspective as well. So we've spoken a little bit about you as an athlete. Yeah. And now I want to know, so since we last spoke, how has Compaq progressed and what do you put that progress largely down to? Oh,
1: my God.
0: Um, oh, okay, split that, that question again. What was it? What's,
1: what's happened so, since we last spoke in the podcast?
0: So how has, what are the biggest ways Compaq has progressed since we last spoke at the start of 2019? And what do you actually put that progress down to?
1: This is so hard because I'm so in my business. Sometimes I feel like I can't see things properly. Um,
0: This podcast will be a great reflection tool for you, Jazz. (laughs) I
1: think it will be, mate. Like, it's honestly my instant reaction is to go, "I don't know. I probably do know. I just it's hard to kind of like really say this thing or that thing." Um, I think from probably like a real like black and white bit, it has been for me not taking a full wage. To be really honest with you, it's me really not spending a lot of money and not have like people think when you start a business, you're going to be raking it in. If you are starting from the ground up, so starting from 400 pound investment, which is nothing in this fantasy with things when you want to set up a business like mine, you have to make sacrifices, and I can say hands down, so many times I have sacrificed putting a wage up to reinvest because I knew that that investment needed to happen. I knew I needed to delegate, I knew more stock needed to go in. That shoe stock that has been developing over three years has not come out of nowhere, has not come out from a massive loan, right? It has taken someone to take the brunt right but i knew it needed to happen and i thought i have no other way to make this happen aside to instead of that money going to me it's going back in back in back in back in constantly um and i only actually quit my job end of last year i was planning to march 2020 but then obviously coronavirus happened um, but i only quit my job last year because i was so determined to reinvest everything back in as much as i could and i think if i wouldn't have reinvested that much in i wouldn't have been able to delegate my time and delegate and bring people on board which then allows me to work on the areas that i really need to work on um and i dedicate my time a bit better so i know it sounds like a bit, really boring but i really do think it's that when i really think about it right now because there's so many times like when you, like, for example, had your shows or Kerry had your shows, like, I've had to go, I've had, like, obviously, I won't, I'll say this to you now, it's fine, don't feel bad, but get, getting the stuff to athletes, it would wipe me sometimes. My stock would go, and I'd be like, oh, my God. But it was fine because I knew I weren't paying myself, like, I was taking minimal outs, so I thought it was fine. I can go back, I can literally crash, stock goes down, and I can literally flip it and go back in. And I don't need to spend my money on X or spend my money on Y. Do you know what I mean? Um, It's those little things that I think sometimes, I I think a lot of businesses in this industry in particular, like I know Black Ice, I know Georgia Rose, have done similar sacrifices for their business. Um, And it it is hard. It's really, really hard. But... Yeah, I, I know that sounds like a really long winded answer, but I, if I had to really put it down, it would be reinvesting back in, and something had to sacrifice, and that was mine. So many times, my friends have said, "Oh, Jazz, come, you know, let's go on B oh, let's do this, let's do that." I've had to actually lose those friends because they would not understand. No, Sandra, not her friend, not my name, Sandra, but you know, no, Sandra, I can't spend. I can't drop 3K on Ibiza. I can't spend crazy amounts on your hen do, because you know why. Whereas I had other friends that didn't care, understood, full height girls, and we'd go for Costa, and it was a great time. So yeah, I think it's been that over time. And I think whether you're a competitor whether you are a business owner, you end up, like, noticing where those things, where things in your life kind of have to drop yeah. and just yeah. and let them go. Because if I would have tried to hold on to those negative friends or people that would not really understand what I was doing, that could have derailed me and stopped me from progressing with what I really wanted in the business or what I really wanted in competing. Um, so yeah, does that answer the question?
0: Yes, a hundred percent. I think it comes back to being really focused, driven. And resilient and knowing exactly what you want and where you want to put your efforts. And I think that's a really good point in terms of investments. And also, I think investments don't just come in the form of money, it also comes in the form of time and effort as well. And I know how hard you work.
1: Thanks, Bert. I try. I do try. But without you know, I could do all this, but if it wasn't for people getting behind me, like, you know all my amazing athletes, every single order, sounds silly, I still get a, like a buzz when a new order comes in. I'm like, oh, here is it. Oh, what's going on? Like, I get so freaking hyped still, still yeah. to this day. Mm-hmm. And every single order, it really doesn't matter whether it's big or small, guys. Like, it really means everything. Like, it really means everything. And it really has meant that I've been able to push every single thing back into Like the biggest thing has been this shoe stock situation because I know how big of an issue it's been for over five. I've been in in this industry for five years, and this has been an issue. And it was an issue before I even came into the industry. So I'd say for over ten years there has been this issue with shoe stock and shoe suppliers. And I'm nearly there to cracking it after five years of having this idea, I really want to crack this. And then obviously three years having compact going right. This is what I'm going to work towards. Like. I am nearly there. We're chatting now on the 31st of January. This week, I placed another big order, which means by next week, hopefully when it arrives on time, I will have one of everything. Shoot. Amazing. One Mm -hmm. of everything. That doesn't sound like a lot, but there's a couple of, obviously some styles and sizes i have only got one of everything because it doesn't sell a lot. But then other things, I've already got like buffers. So this is where it's getting to um it's really being able to have a a service in this industry where you're not stressing thinking where's my shoe like wh- where's my order are they going to come on time blah 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 like you know that when you order from me they're coming like they are going to arrive and they're going to come and at the moment i think we're working on like a 70% kind of turnaround if you place an order with me for shoes of them are going out that same week because I've got a packing lady that goes in Tuesday and Friday. So that's a big, big thing for me. And it's been really cool to see it starting to, I'm starting to see it all pay off because people are coming back going, whoa, like I ordered these shoes two days ago and they've arrived. I'm like, this is what I've been working towards because especially with shoes. um, And I think last year was a really good eye opener for me and a really good reminder because I know with shoes in particular, that's one of, like, the biggest – it's not just a big purchase in the sense of finances, but I think emotionally and from a mindset perspective, when you're buying posing shoes for the first time, you are going in on yourself. You are committing to improving yourself and going in and doing competing. That's a big thing. That's a big thing to go, I'm doing it. And I know once you've made a decision, I know how excited you are, and I know how quickly, once you've made that decision, because you are probably spending ages going, Oh, I don't know what to do. And then when you're like, screw it, I'm going in. Once you've made a decision, I know how quickly you then want to start working on your goals. So that's the way I see it now. It's like I don't want to delay that process happening for people. I want them when they've committed to go, right, my first pair of heels, I'm going for this. I want to be able to help them get started on their goals straight away and that's what for me is a big big driver like everyone says you've got to have a why and with the shoe stock that's been my why because I remember having to wait three weeks for my shoes when I decided what could have happened in three weeks like three weeks is a long time do you know what I mean so yeah we are getting there guys we're getting there I can tell you now, I would never want to. I don't wish anyone the stress of FedEx. My God, I can't wait to not have that stress moving over me every week.
0: And throughout oh. this year, Jazz, in 2021, do you have any specific goals for Compaq as a business that you're able to share with the audience at the moment? um I want to be
1: able to do this shoe thing before compact turns free. So compact turns free, end of March. So that's kind of, I've got a month, I've got mm, six to eight weeks to do it. And I think I'm just gonna I think no, not think. See, I'm I'm always going no, not thinking. I know, I know I'm gonna be able to put it off, right? So that's a for me, I that's a big, big, big one is getting all the shoes stuck in and being able to reduce the time frames and have an actual reflective stock inventory because no one at the moment has that. You have placed the order and then we have to place the order of a supplier. Whereas you know that if something's out of stock, it's out of stock. If something's in, it's in. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's going to be, be like a good, um I guess like confidence builder for the customer. They know if they're ordering something, they know it's in the UK, they know it's going to go out. So I say the shoe stock is a big one for me. Um, So that leads me to March. And then for this year, I think it's like it's refining the service. So, as I say, I've invested in the packing lady that goes in Tuesday, Friday at the moment. Um, My goal is when the shows happen to kind of reduce, reduce, increase that to probably a Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. And then I would most likely. Either she'll put, I might push her to do another day if she can, or i will just, I'll just crack on and do maybe like a Monday and Thursday myself. So it's just that constantly things are actually going out. Yeah. Um, so I think that'll be a really, really good one um, to have for the, you know, for the whole industry. And the other big thing I want to be focusing on is. I want Compact to not just be like the product side, because if I just sold products, I wouldn't be doing this business because I find that quite like cold. I, I find sales really uncomfortable, which sounds weird for a business owner to say that. But what keeps me like pushing in the business and keeps me so engaged is my pursuit to be Google for competing, like resources, information, knowledge is power. And I always think back again. If I was a competitor right now, I think, I, I can see why a lot of these first-timers are progressing so fast, because they've got so much more knowledge. Yeah. and information. And I can just, like, even I always think of Jenny Hamilton. I've watched her from when she first came into competing, and bless her heart, she's always said she's read my blogs, podcasts, and it's been so cool to see how quickly she's evolved and how much she's grown. And she always says, like, trust me, all everything I've learned is been through your website, it's been through the podcast. So I know the more I can push resources, information, the more that I can just become a real hub of information, I know that's gonna help competitors, you know, not make the same, just still make mistakes, but you know what I mean? Like not as make as many mistakes as we did. Learn faster, progress faster, and gets their goals faster. like that's the way I see myself now within this industry is how can I accelerate and help and push people towards their goals faster and get them there quicker and more efficiently and less stress yeah. and more stress-free? So for me, that is providing a better service so it comes quicker, reducing their stress and means that they're organized ahead of time. and then it's secondly, how do I produce more information? in an engaging way that means that they're going to be able to learn and have all the tools and information they need to then push forward so they I would probably say they're the two big goals um there is another one but I'm keeping that. I'll show you at the end of this but it's something that I've had the idea for two years in the back of my head um I've just been it's a very personal thing to me so I've had to kind of I don't know, I've still got a bit of t- trial and error to do with it um but i think it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a compact kind of branded thing but it's gonna be coming directly from me so if you watch my personal you'll probably know where it'll be going with that um but that's one thing i really it's a mental thing with me launching that one so i need to be able to refresh it sort it and then get it out so i'm very excited
0: for that one but it will make sense hopefully at some point later on I think it's so good that you have such a strong why, which is obviously important, whatever business you have. But I think your why in particular will mean that Compaq just gets stronger and stronger as a brand and almost becomes more of a community as opposed to just like, you know, I don't know, a website which you'd go on to buy X, Y, and Z. It's not just that, it's about the community behind it. And that's so amazing to hear. Thanks, Babes. It, it, it trust me, these late nights, they would not be worth it. <laughs>
1: In the nicest way possible. It would not be worth it if I didn't have the athletes I do, if I didn't have the amazing customers that I do. Yeah. I no joke. When Pete like you get this, you know exactly what I mean by this. Especially when you're having those real difficult dates, when you've just got someone that just goes, oh, do you know what? Thank you so much for those shoes. i really need that pickup today. Or even sometimes I'm able just to send random things out. Like I did that a couple of weeks ago. Um, so Destiny, that she's been on my podcast a few times. The um, I think her Instagram handles Bikini Girl With Cancer, I think. Um, but yeah, she, I did a giveaway. And she goes, oh, I know you're not, she goes, I know you won't like, Pick tactically, but this girl really is having a shit time. Like, she would love to win something like this. I said, Look, I'm not gonna pick her outright because you've said that now. Um, but let me just send her something. Like, she's basically having a hard time. She's in a really toxic like household at the moment. I literally sent her, like, she had no idea who it came from, and I literally just sent it to her. Um, because she had placed an order with me before. And I literally put on the note. I, well, I told my packing lady to put on the note, like, just to let you know, like, there are people, even though like things are hard there are people around you that still adore you and are looking out for you and being able for me to do that for people like that means that means a lot to me because I know how lonely it can feel in this sport and I know how lonely it can feel generally um so being able to not just be a brand but actually be able to help people in that way like it means a lot to me and it keeps as I say it keeps it keeps me going. It read it, for me. My why has to be so strong yeah. If anything. Because if it's not, I won't do it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It won't. It won't mean enough for me to really push forward. And being able to be that person and you know, like, like you know, make someone feel better.
0: So even sometimes
1: when I voice note people back on the compact feed, they're like, "Oh, your vo- your voice has really cheered me up." I'm like, "Really?" And then we just start chatting. And then like, okay, you know, one girl last week. She's like, oh, I'm having a really, like, naff day. And I just said to her, do you know what, mate? I'm so glad you said that because I'm literally having that same day. And I just caught up with a couple of days ago. I think her name's Sophie or something. Oh, Sean, Sean Jenkins. Um, I just remember messaging her a couple days later, like, how are you feeling, baby? She's like, oh, my God, I can't believe you just remembered who I am. like, yeah. I was like, how are you feeling? <laughs> She's like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Um, and even, like, do you remember that Costa coffee yeah. thing I did? Yeah. Like, I've had that idea for ages. Um, I just didn't really know, like, how to do it, if that makes sense. And being able to do stuff like that, it just, it makes me feel so, like, like, from a selfish point of view, it makes me feel happy, like, seeing people cheering, especially, like, with the last last lockdown and stuff. Um, I feel like I'm rambling so much on this podcast, thing. I'm so sorry. Jazz. Jazz. You're just not talking all day, and you speak to someone, you're like,
0: blah, 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 blah. They are positive, <laughs> insightful rambles which people will benefit from so <laughs> i'm all for it and you know that i love a good ramble so <laughs> i'm here for it Jazz. i am here for it oh, <laughs> really one of my clients asked and you know, you did mention that you've only actually recently left your other job have you got any advice for someone who is building their own business whilst they are working another job <sighs> okay where do I start with that
1: um I think what I didn't do early enough and I think it is hard because I remember when I first started compact I had like right how much is it going to cost me to set up this business and it it didn't end up costing that much it cost maybe like double and like a little bit more even triple maybe um so I one thing actually let me think about the timeline so, I would say key things when I first set up Compact, which helped me, A was a market research focus group. That's how me and Danny actually connected properly for the first time. Um, and I can't tell you how insightful that is because if you're wanting to leave your job, like you need to be making, hopefully, as you need to be making sure you're making the right decisions. And sometimes when You don't really have anyone that's like in the... So when you have people that are really close to you, they're going to say your business is amazing. They're not going to be able to pick up the flaws that you need to pick out so then you can push your business quicker and like further ahead. So I would say get the focus group in so you can understand like where you should be directing your business because it's very, very different between what you think is best and what the customer actually wants. Like they are two very, very different things. Um and get clear as well as like okay how much money do I actually need not want how much money do you need to get by because as much as I would like I would love to say to this lady yeah you know, you'll quit your job and you can match your salary and it's all gonna be great some some months you might be able to pay yourself a bit more some months you might not be able to pay yourself hardly anything depending if it's seasonal yeah so you've really got to be clear on like say I earn I don't know three grand a month could I live off 2k so could I live off two grand for like the first few months because that will really really help you um have some savings in a bank as well just you've got a bit of a buffer occasionally I found that has been really really helpful especially when I have left my job um and get clear on just how like how much money is actually going to take so it's really interesting for me how much money I need to turn over in my business in order for me to pull out a wage that took a lot of time to get my head around because even though my know, my shoes might cost fifty pounds for example, right I have to pay it's not a case that that fifty pound comes straight into my account that fifty pounds I have to pay on restocking that item automatically and then shipping. Then all the other costings. So really get to grips with costings. Numbers is not my forte, but I've had to learn to love numbers, especially with the business. So if you've got a product-based business, you're gonna to have to understand how much money you need to generate to cover your costs and then pull out your own wage. That takes a lot of time um, and a lot of like tweaking, and it really helps you as well from like a pricing perspective, because when I first set up Compact. I was trying to – I guess I was trying to be a a bit too um, cheap, and I quickly realised that as much as I want to offer, like, a good price, it's then actually going to sacrifice my ability to run the business in the first place. So it's like it's being able to price yourself in the right way so you're able to actually provide that service and then pull what you need to. Because for me, if I charge – Five pound for earrings, or eight pound for earrings, for example, right? And free delivery. I'll lose money. If I lose money, then that means, and this again, this took me ages to get my head around. because I, like, oh, I feel really guilty. But if you don't bring out a profit, if you don't bring out enough money to reinvest back into your business, who's actually going to suffer is your customer because they're not going to be able to get the service they need. That's where. That's how I reframed it in my head. Um, because it's like, well, if I can't reinvest back in, sorry, my dogs do really really noisy. Um, I can't then provide the service I need to, which is actually what the customer wants. They don't actually want a cheap product; they want a good service and a good product. Um, so I would say, they're like the big things is no, get to know your numbers. Yeah, I think if yeah. I did that quicker, I think I would have progressed a lot faster, and I probably would have been able to leave my job a lot quicker. Um, did I
0: ask the question then? Yes, yes, definitely, Jazz. definitely. Okay, sorry, i like rambling again, but I hope I won't. No, that was a brilliant answer and I think it's very insightful. Um, obviously, it is sort of, it's something which is dependent upon the type of business someone's trying to build, especially when it comes down to numbers, but they always, those things always matter, just maybe in a different way. So for example, if someone's starting a coaching business, You still need to know your numbers inside out, but obviously there's no there's no product as such. The product is your service, so the product is your time. So then you have to equate money to time and um, things like that, as opposed to thinking about uh, an actual object.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, If it is a coaching business, then I would I would say I would still do the numbers game because you're going to have to accommodate. You know, is there going to be any, like, bookkeeping that you're going to do? You're going to do that yourself. Accounting, insurance, uh, any systems that you're paying out for, obviously tax as well. So coaching business, um, you would probably get there a little little bit more quicker, I would say, you'd hope. Um, But just, I think most of the time when I've spoken to coaches, they try and match somewhat their coaching wage with their full-time wage and then they drop, or they may be like 80% near to the wage they want, and then they drop, Um, because you will come to a point, like, it is a very difficult position to know when to go, to know when to leave that other job, but sometimes you're kind of not going to really know, like, you're not going to 100% know when the right time is, and you might be sitting on it for ages, getting really stressed and that's the point I got to with myself I was like I'm running around like a headless chicken and I'm really stressed out like and it's actually not serving me and you think it's helping and it's actually not helping because if you dedicate all your time into your business and that's probably going to generate a lot more growth and a lot faster and time is such a big one especially if you're doing a full-time job like that's a big chunk of your week to not be dedicated to your business. Um, so while at the beginning, yeah, like do them both. You are going to have that. going to have to have that conversation for yourself and go. Do you know what? I really just need to go in, because then you you will realise quickly that the more like the quicker you can work fully on your business, the quicker it is going to drip grow. Because sometimes when you know you've got that other wage in the back, it kind of makes you go, well, you know, it's fine because I've got this other wage. I've got this sort of, you know, income coming in. When you've just got your company, it changes. Your mindset changes and the way you work changes. Because um, that definitely was a big stopper for me, I would say. I was like, oh, it doesn't matter because I've got my other wage. It doesn't matter because I've got my other wage. Once I quit the other job, it's like, right, I've actually got to go all, like really fully go all in on this. Um, so, yeah, I hope that does help.
0: Yeah, I think that was mega insightful, Jazz. So it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. And I'm sure lots of people are going to benefit in lots of different ways from listening to that, from both like the perspective of a competitor and someone who may be interested in running their own business or um, working on themselves as a person in general. But where can people find you on social media?
1: Let's go with, so there's Compact Women, which is my um, Compact account. There is Not Just Bikini Girl, which is the podcast account. And there is Jasmine Julia Jeffrey which is my personal account. And I can't actually, we've actually spoke about so many different topics. I've just really sat here and gone, (laughs) well, it's mad how many things we've, like, covered. But um, I hope it has, like, helped in some way, though, like, competing and business and, like, it all... Even though we sometimes treat it as, like, separate entities, it really is, like, the lessons you learn really do merge in. Um, So if you do, like, run a business and you're thinking about competing, you can do it because it's the same principle, in theory. If you compete and you're not sure about running a business, you can do it. It's the same, like, the same lessons that you learn, like, they're all transferable, so... Yeah, thanks for having me on, babes.
0: it been good. You're more than welcome. Thank you to all of you who have listened. If you do enjoy the content on the Female Fitness Podcast, please do leave a review, like, and subscribe. And if you could tag us in your Instagram stories as well, I would massively appreciate it. But I will see you in the next one, guys. Thank you for listening.